you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. That's got till five in German. Hello, I'm Jesse Pence, and we're here with Max Curtin. Hello, Max. Hello, Jesse. How long have you been practicing? How many translations have got till five do you have, I should ask first? That's the only one at the moment, because I had to speak some German at work today. That's the reason I did it. So it, I all got like, um, I had to learn me numbers all over again. So I work for a company that um, we send stuff to into Amazon, right? And they've got high security on, like, logging in to being an Amazon supplier. So um, I'm going to give you the password now. And when you, but when you go in, um, after you've done the password, they basically ring you with an automated um, number. So it rings up and it goes seven, eight, three, four, five, nine. Thanks. And then it just hangs up. And you've got to, ha- you've got to put in that number, like as they're saying it to you, to be the extra level of authenticity, right? And I had to log into a German Amazon account. And I didn't think about the fact that when I did it, I picked up the phone and it went, Dry, Beer, Fumpf, Sieben, Sieben, Nine, Guten Tag, and then just hung up. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? So I had to like learn my first nine numbers in German all over again. So I remembered Fumpf, and that's where we are now. It's lucky you got, you've got a story for everyone, haven't you? You're one of those guys. <laughs> You're one of those guys in the pub where you just ask a normal question. Let me take you on a journey. <laughs> yeah, you weren't ready for that, were you? I wasn't ready it's, for that. No, but it's okay. I've still got the charm to pass it off, I think. But you then, do. like, once you get to about, I'm going to say 36. Okay. That's the age where, like, people start to get bored by your stories. Right. you got a couple of good years left in you, Dan. So uh, this podcast oh, God, has got oh, a good six, seven years left on it. I'm going to get so many stories out. Um, how are you? I'm, I'm fantastic, thank you. We're recording an hour late. Where have you been? I've been having a drink with my dear friend, Chris, who listens to this podcast, and I've mentioned him before, and he always gets annoyed that I don't mention him as a friend. I'm like, oh, listen to Chris. And he's like, but uh, I thought I was your friend. <laughs> We're going to have to say, like, so now I'm going to say, he's my best friend in the whole world. Okay. And that don't all, get um, that far, because I No, that's a bit, so... but yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, we don't want to start a warfare. You're going to meet him for the first time next Sunday at Rev Pro. I am. We, and... We're having a great little group get together. We've got uh, Nick is also going to be there. He listens to the podcast as well. Yeah, uh, Aaron. Aaron. So I'm very excited about this. This is great. It's going to be a got till five gathering. It's going to be beautiful. We'll take a picture. We'll take a picture. Yes, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. And we Um, get to see Liger. We get to see Liger. We get to see Pac. We get to see Matt Seidel. Liger's what swung the ticket for me because he's he's in his retirement year. We have to go see him. Exactly. So uh, tickets are still available. Check them out if you're in Cheltenham because I know we have a lot of listeners in Cheltenham. So. We do. Um, I had a lovely, I had a lovely drink with Chris, and um, we talked about the Matrix a lot. I didn't realise he's a massive Matrix fan, as am I. So we got quite nerdy, theorising about what the Matrix actually is and what stuff means in the films. It was very nice. Apparently, they're doing some kind of reboot sequel. Something's happening with that now. This is what Chris was saying. So I hadn't heard about this because he said because we're in like a resurgence of Keanu, right? So mm-hmm. like they need to capitalise on what that a time shit. to be alive. Yeah, it's it's great. But I'm all for. I said I said to Chris, it's like matrix 4 when it comes out whatever it's going to be it's it will be shit but i'll still be stupidly excited for it but i don't think it's going to have like the neo keanu reeves element to it from what i've read you don't don't ruin it for me it's not even sorry jesse but we're 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 not here to talk about keanu as much as i'd love to do a top five on that beautiful man he has no relation to wrestling 
Well, yet. <laughs> it's true. The man can do anything at this point, let's be honest. Exactly. He could turn his hand to... I, could, I would watch Keanu Reeves. I, the first thing I'm going to do is put on 2K19 and make Keanu Reeves, make Neo in a wrestling game. Who's he going to face? Who's your dream Keanu Reeves wrestling match? Keanu Reeves... Um, well, it's got to be, like... I don't know. Um, you'd want to sort of do right to censor or something, because that's the closest thing to the agents. Yeah. So I'd I'd quite like to do that. Or who else wore suits? Has anyone else ever worn suits in wrestling? Uh, Naito, but he takes them off. So I can't imagine Agent Smith being like, hold on a minute, Neo. Yeah, <laughs> just peel it all off. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work. Um, yeah, but Neo is going to wrestle in my world. Baron Corbin. Um, Baron Corbin wears a suit. Baron Corbin wears a suit. Big boss man as well. Um, yeah, cool. This can happen. There you go. Book it. But today's episode, bringing it back, bringing it back. So we had a lovely episode last time with the international superstars. Uh, really enjoyed that interview. It's done very well. Thank you for listening. Blah, de, blah, de, blah. But now... Beautifully edited. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you. Because... <laughs> I don't often accept praise, but that was a bitch to edit that episode. It was. Nothing to do with them. They were amazing guests. But the connection was just so terrible that they were dropping out all over the place. We were dropping out all over the place. So, yeah, well done. You actually put it all together and it sounded like a conversation. Ridiculous. But it means Jesse alone this week, which uh, we secretly enjoy quite a lot because we get to do fun stuff like quizzes. We're going to have a quiz on this episode. And this week's top five is all about promos. This is our favorite wrestling promos. They get on the mic and they talk shit. This is what we like to do. And we've got clips as well to illustrate what's going on. You're in for a treat in this episode. You thought we peaked with the German numbers, but it's only going to get better. No, it's the German numbers were just the start, mate. It's yeah, it's brilliant. Mate. Oh, it smells in here. It's nice. What of? Aaron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Aaron boy. has stayed over the last couple of nights in the room that I'm podcasting from right now, and yeah, it's a lovely smell because he takes care of himself. It's very nice. He does. He does. Should we? Uh, should we start with the top five, Dan? I think. We should, are we going straight into it? No, we need to do the quiz, don't oh, we? We first? need to do the quiz. Yes, of course. Nice. And you're the quiz master this time, so I'm concerned because I'm the talented quiz maker out of the gang. So I'm quite concerned what you've come up with. Don't me, don't make me put out a Twitter poll to find out who's the best quiz, uh, quiz master. I think I think we'd know who'd win. I've I've come up with some. My limp biscuit corn question is possibly the greatest quiz question that's ever been asked. It was pretty damn good. So I told him what the episode was on, didn't I? Promos. Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So this week's quiz is all about, shockingly, promos. So Jesse, you gotta you gotta cash your knowledge back. I I think this is quite I've made this quite challenging. Okay. Which um I hope you appreciate. And uh basically I want you to fail because I have my promos that I want to use, so I've made it as hard as possible so you fuck up. Thanks, mate. You're welcome, buddy. So, are you ready to begin with question number one? Born ready. Da, 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 da. Whoa, hang on. What? There's no music this time. No. You've I'll, dropped the ball, mate. I'll add it in post. I forgot about the music for the quiz, all right? I've got everything else oh, ready. Before we started, yeah, before we started recording this, Max was like, I don't think I need to edit this today, mate, because... Not all I've your friends the... sound like Pythos and the <laughs> yes, yes, they do. They do it in my head, and it makes me happy. Um, and, they, and you were like, oh, yeah, no, I can just, you know, we can just talk and it'll be fine, but you know you've ruined it already. I fucked it up, I fucked it up. Even though I spent all day editing this, writing a quiz... You've been Some people you work with um, listen to this, mate, so you probably shouldn't say that you spent all day <laughs> working on this. No, I did on the train. That's what I meant. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, 
This is the Got Till 5 quiz hyphen promos. Question number one. Which wrestler famously stated, there is no greater feeling in the world than to be under these bright lights? Oh, for God's sake. Um, I can't there is no you. greater feeling in the world. What? I can't have you fail on the first question, so if you want a hint, I can give you a hint. Um, all right, give me a hint. They died recently. Uh, how recently? <laughs> <laughs> Within the last two weeks. Oh, okay. Um, I think that'll be um, the absolute legend, the man whose promos I admire very much. That'll be um, Harley Race. Oh, good job. Good job Thanks, buddy. mate. I've never, I've never heard that line before in my life. This it's is a, not. This doesn't bode well. That is a very famous quote. In fact, I on SmackDown, Tristratus came out and used that line on Charlotte Flair. I don't, I don't <clears> listen <throat> to her when she moves her mouth. It's true. Okay, so she bad start. The bad start. No, I've got the question. What are you talking about? Awesome yeah, stuff. I handed it on a silver platter. Let's see what happens on question two. <laughs> question number two. There was a very famous festival of friendship between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Yes, there was. In that festival, Chris Jericho prevented, presented Kevin Owens with gifts to show how much he meant to him. I need yes, you to did. name me two out of the four gifts that Chris Jericho gave Kevin Owens at the festival of friendship. Um, he gave him a magician. Correct. And he also gave him a scarf. Oh. Did he not? That's incorrect, but I'm going to give you one more chance. Oh, fuck. Um, a magician and... Jeez, I was convinced he gave him his very own scarf. Why? Um, he gave him... Oh, fucking hell! Um... Right, okay. A magician. I remember the magician because he did an AMA on Reddit that he was good. Um, he also gave him... Oh, God, I don't know. Um, a, a, a fuzzy CD? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to... I'm sorry, I haven't done it, have I? What did he give him? So the gifts he gave him was a painting where it was oh, like... fucking hell, of course he did! The painting. Yes, Jesus, how did I forget about that? He gave him a friendship statue, which was like the weird sculpture of the two wrapped together. And mm -hmm. he also gave him Goldberg, who actually turned out to be Gilberg. Ah, Jesus, fuck it, yeah, obviously when you say it now, it all comes back to me. That, how did I forget about that creation of Jericho? It was beautiful. Um, painting yeah i want that framed on my wall still. i think we even you even edited that painting to have a picture of you and me when you did your amazing photoshop skills where you cut out the head yeah yeah yeah. No, i'm very talented yeah i did do that um i and we but we sent it we were both talking to each other on the same twitter account um and that got weird do you remember when the nikki bella's the Nikki Bellas that shows who like, the dominant one is um, do you remember when the Bella Twins feuded and uh, but they were feuding on the same Twitter account yes that's basically it what we did it was basically what we did yeah it, it, it didn't work out for them or us <laughs> yeah no one reacted and just looked at us strangely yeah okay so I think I'm getting the free this evening which uh, makes me very happy question number three <clears throat> during Macho Man's Danger Zone promo against Jimmy Hart uh, oh by the way I'm going to give you four options for this one because nah. I'm generous. During Thanks. Macho Man's Danger Zone promo against Jimmy Hart, he says he's been to the Danger Zone, which is east of the Pacific Ocean, west of London, England, south of Mars, and north of what? A. Mississippi. 
B, hell, C, the Antarctic, or D, your mum? <laughs> um, can you repeat the other three again, please, that he said? A, Mississippi. No, 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 no. I mean, what, oh, I see. what did he me say? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he says the danger zone is east of the Pacific Ocean, west yeah. of London, London, England, and south of Mars, and north of what? Give me the options again. A. Mississippi. B. Hell. C. The Antarctic. Or D. Yummer. I'm gonna say hell. You are correct. Yeah, come on. So that's two. That's two for one. So if you ever need to locate the danger zone, that's where it is. That's where it is. Okay. Now this is quite a tricky question, but I've given. There's a hint I'm gonna put in that I think should help you. In CM Punk's Your Arms Are Just Too Short to Box With God promo, The Rock gets the crowd to chant a famous ice cream cake character at CM Punk. What is the name of that character? The hint I'm going to give you is that the Beastie Boys also have a song titled after it. An ice cream cake character? Yes. Very famous promo. What's ice cream cake? Is that a branded thing? I've never heard of that. So he gets the crowd to chant a, like, mascot name at CM Punk, and it's a Beastie Boy song as well. Uh, is, is it a Beastie Boy single, or just a song? Ooh, I don't know. Okay, let me find out. Is, is it on the Solid Gold Hits album, is what I'm asking. debut single by the Beastie Boys. The song is their first hip-hop recording. Their, their first, first ever? Their first release featuring band member Adam Horowitz. And their final Jesus. release... Yeah. Jesus. Um, is he called... <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any of their songs that sounds like a character... Um, ugh. Eggman? Incorrect. Ah, what is it? Cookie Puss. Cookie Puss. I have no recollection of that or the song. Oh, well, that's disappointing. It's a great promo. Sorry, brother. It's okay. So I get the free, but let's let's see if you can redeem yourself with the final question. And I think you're going to okay. like this one. Right. Ric Flair famously tried to cut a promo into a book instead of a microphone. <laughs> what was the name of that book? The book was um, Mick Foley's Hardcore Diaries. No, Foley no, is what? good. What was he doing that for? Foley is good has been out for ages at that point. He was promoting Hardcore Diaries at that point. But uh, I think there was something he wrote in Foley is good that Rick... Oh, about Rick Flair. Okay. Ah, oh, man. I'm, I failed on that. <sighs> Top three for me. Yeah, well done. Congrats. <laughs> I'm quite proud of that quiz. It was a good quiz. It was a pretty good quiz. I could only assume people were screaming at me, but I couldn't remember <laughs> those really obvious things. I think it was the festival of friendship that they're going to get most angry about. Do you ever do that? Do you ever like listen to podcasts and they'll ask, like a, a host or whatever can't recall something, especially wrestling related, and you're sort of listening to it and you're going, "It's this! It's clearly this!" and you're shouting at it, and and they're like, "Oh yeah!" and or if, even worse if they get it wrong. Oh yeah. Have you ever had that? And they do it confidently. Yeah, confidently get something wrong. And it's like, no, it was 1993, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you nerds. You squares. Uh, well, with that being said, let's go into the top five. Five, four, three, 
Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. There it is. It's a good theme, isn't it? Well oh. done. Um, can I just say before we kick off, um, I think that our listeners are lazy as fuck because um, only in the last week or so have I got a whole bunch of feedback about my rant about shouting too much on the podcast <laughs> and when I started singing Marilyn Manson and that. Yeah. That was like, what, three shows ago or yeah. something? And only in the last week. So obviously people that listen to this just decide to listen three weeks late like yeah. that's fine but i mean but thanks so you want everyone to drop what they're doing the minute this was released i do for other podcasts like it's i don't i maybe i listen to old stuff but i don't i don't give feedback on old stuff because i think that's in the past just leave it it's true but thanks for the feedback yeah we appreciate you fuckers yeah <laughs> you know what in three weeks this episode is going to hit the roof oh, oh yeah but... okay then promo time uh promos are amazing do you agree? I agree. They are my second favourite thing about wrestling. What's your first? The women. Wrestling. Oh. Oh, and the women. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, the women are good, but um, the, no, the wrestling, um, the wrestling is probably number one thing I like about wrestling. It's kind of a given, because I've been watching a lot of um, G1 Climax recently, and uh you, you just don't get the, the promos. You get, like, the, the end of the show, main event, so long goodbye kind of promos. But, uh, yeah, you don't get the the same kind of pageantry that you get in the, the westernized American wrestling. But the promos, something I've noticed about promos is that um, they stay with people. So people grow out of wrestling, but they never grow out of the promos. Mm-mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, people like who loved wrestling when they were a kid they'll sort of forget about the matches they enjoyed when they were a kid if they sort of go, oh, just pretend fighting. So, and, but they'll always remember when a wrestler got on the mic and said this certain thing or delivered this in that way. And like that stays with them forever. We're, so promos are important for that. Promos are the longevity of wrestling to me. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who grew up watching wrestling and kind of fallen out, uh, they'll be like, oh, I love The Rock, the, the way he could talk on the mic. Can't name any of his matches, but they just remember his promos because, like, The Rock was, you know, fairly decent in the ring. Very entertaining, without a doubt. But uh, it's the promos that you remember from him. Yeah, exactly. So, excellent. So I'm at number five. So I get to pick what goes first at number five. Uh, See, I gave you I gave you my choices so that you could sort out the clips and that, but um, I have no idea what your choices are. This is true, this is true. And uh, I'm not sure on my number one, so I'm liking a lot of your choices, so I think I'm going to just steal my number one from whichever one you don't mention, because you've picked some good ones in there. And I think we can easily do a part two on this down the road, because there is a lot of stuff. I've, I've got ten in front of me right now that we could quite easily do. Yeah. You put way too much effort into this podcast, mate. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You should really just just take my turn-up approach. (laughs) It's really good. Then nothing gets done. (laughs) Literally nothing. It would be us turning up and going, what are we talking about? I don't know. Let's talk about wrestling this week. Let's talk about the Matrix. (laughs) How do you you feel about Neo using his powers in the real world at the end of Reloaded? I don't remember the last two. 
you know, oh, fuck you then. No, I'll, we'll get Chris on. And that's, and that's when the podcast will end. Like, I don't care, Jesse. <laughs> but yeah, I need a new hobby. So I need suggestions for a new hobby because my job now is to do podcasts. And this used to be my hobby. And now it's just like an extension of my work. So I, I need a new hobby. No, find a job that is your hobby and you will no longer you have, have to hobbies. work a day in your life. Yeah, no, it's not true. No, the truth is that you lose all your hobbies and you start to hate what you used to love. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm going to get into taxidermy. I think that's the way forward. So number five. My grandpa used to be into taxidermy. Really? What kind? Yeah. Animal, human? Birds. Ah. It was birds that would fly into his massive window and kill themselves, which used to happen a lot. And he used to just scoop those birds up and um, fill them with whatever taxidermy things are filled with. Whatever was in the cupboard. (laughs) Bit of rice. And um, yeah, they were there and uh, they just used to stare at us while we ate. Dark. That's horrible. Yeah, I don't think I could get into taxidermy. No. Um, Bad taxidermy is quite fun. Oh, bad taxidermy is amazing. Yeah, my mum bought my stepdad a book on bad taxidermy. Um, for Christmas one year and he didn't understand have you ever like opened a present from someone and just gone what why like why have you bought me this like it's it doesn't make in my house now any sense yeah exactly I'm never going to open this it just gets in the way and like another year she bought him loads of shoe related stuff like and she didn't even realise she'd done it she bought him a pair of shoes she bought him some cufflinks that were sort of smart shoes and then a doorstop that was in the shape of a shoe and it was like ah. Oh. <laughs> This is the Christmas of shoes. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, for no, but she didn't realise she'd done it until he was opening them. And she was like, ah, there's a, there's a lot of shoes going on here. <laughs> but, she but then another to when she goes shopping. <laughs> I don't know, she must have done. But then, another, but then another year, she bought him a taxidermy book, which I don't think, I think it's still in her house to this day. I should probably find it. Let's, um, let's take some pictures for the twit. Uh, <laughs> This is the problem, like, the people who don't tune in until, like, three weeks later are just going to see taxidermy pictures pop up on their feed and be like, yeah, I've got to a five press and lost it. <laughs> They're really broken down at this point. Anyway, number five. Number five, do it. Mentioned him in the quiz, the old Mitchell man is the greatest promo of all time. Is that really your best Macho Man impression? Yeah, I can't go as low as him. What's yours? No, you can. Do it again, do it again. The Mitch... No, hang on, I'm nervous. I'm nervous now. <laughs> The Mitchell man. The Mitchell. No, that's no, that's terrible. <laughs> What's yours, Dan? Uh, what do you want me to say? Uh, well, uh, slap in, snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah, you're right. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> you went all Tom Waits on that. <laughs> I know. That's bad. But I think Macho Man and Tom Waits, like, that is the saddest thing that those two can never meet. Oh, could you imagine the conversation? It'd be brilliant. Absolutely beautiful. God, we're distracted this evening. Sorry. So, yeah, yeah, I can tell by your pace. You just want to get this out of the way as well. <laughs> got shit to do, mate. I'm, I'm too busy. So, <laughs> macho. You just want to have a chat. You're lonely. I'm so lonely. <laughs> You're that person. Like, do you ever see those old ladies at the end of drives who put their bins out really slowly, just waiting for oh sirens, just waiting for someone to come out, and then they just talk their ear off. Yes. My yeah, friend yeah, Kevin yeah. had one of them, and we just waited for her to die. Ah, oh, did she die? She did. It was a great day. That's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> she used That's to like. Deep. We used to be in the kitchen, and she, you could. It was directly opposite the house, and you just see her peering around the curtain, just constantly, just staring into the into Kevin's house, just looking through the curtain. 
We've got a dude opposite us that's like that, who just sort of comes out to the end of his gate and just stands there, just waiting for someone to walk past. Did you hear how long those sirens went on they for? Were, they were excessive. So I thought the point of, if you put sirens on and you're a vehicle that has sirens, you're supposed to be moving pretty quickly, right? Like, that's sort of the idea of it. That was the slowest fire Especially truck. Especially Cheltenham at nine o'clock in the evening. He's not hitting traffic. Exactly. There wasn't. This is, I could see the road from my window. There was nothing on the road. He was just sort of chilling out. He, like, I didn't see, but I'm pretty sure he had a fag going. <laughs> he was just driving along. Really nice and chill. Swinging his arm out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, we were talking about um, when you get a question wrong and the listeners are screaming at the thing. The listeners are screaming at us just to get on with the top five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're probably. Like, we right. want to know what the promos are for fuck's well, sake. Well, we know it's Macho Mad. Go on, go for it. So uh, Danger Zone is a close second, but the, the funniest and the best, most genius promo is when Macho Man does the cream of the crop. And yes. he produces cream out of thin air. It's the greatest magic trick you've ever seen in your life. Now, I read something online earlier that I don't know if this is true, but I'm just going to say it as if it's fact. So the superstars in the back used to challenge each other to make up their monologues on the spot. In this case, someone bet Randy that he couldn't do a monologue with what was ever on the craft service table. And on the table was non-dairy creamer. And based on the promo, I have to think it's true. So uh, here's Macho Man telling us why he's the cream of the crop. It's a day that I'm certain my guest at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. nothing, means nothing. What do you mean by that? More. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. Macho Madness, yeah, has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it to you. Let me say it out loud. And let me point to the president of the World Wrestling Federation. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision. Yeah. I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation. Wait, wait a minute, and there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Wait, wait a minute, though, Randy. I've got to ask you very seriously. Do you blame Mr. Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, for Ricky Steamboat being the Intercontinental Champion today? Yeah, I do, yeah. Outside interference, yeah. In my moment of glory! Yeah, no, I'm living in a nightmare. And I am the cream. And now, not only the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt must fall, but the World Heavyweight Championship belt! Because Hulk Hogan, yeah, I am... The cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. And I'm talking to everyone in the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm even talking to President Jack Tunney, yeah. I'm on my way. And nothing is going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me amazing what's amazing right what's amazing about that i think that's the first time ever in my life i've ever listened to macho man without watching him at the same time (laughs) it's a different ball game isn't it it's a completely different experience because you can sort of the way he moves when he's promoing you can tell when he's gonna sort of change his voice or when he's gonna change energy and it's not until you listen to it without watching him 
it's all over the place. He's okay. changing his the pace levels. and his energy. Yeah, and and when you can't see him, you have no idea what's coming next. You have no idea whether he's going to shout, whether he's going to whisper, like how fast he's going to talk. It just, do you know what I mean? It just comes. It's amazing. And he it's... punctuates words that just don't need punctuating, and he underpunctuates words that do need. It's just something. <laughs> else. And at the end there, when because uh, in the video he puts the the cream on his head and spins around, and it, it falls off immediately. And quick <laughs> as a dime, he just goes on balance, off balance doesn't matter. <laughs> It's incredible. He was so he was so talented, like crazy, oh, God, but yeah. but talented. Like it's just yeah, it's crazy. Because when we were talking earlier, me and Jess were watching a Scott Steiner workout video, which is just a treat, by the way, to, to watch. And Scott <laughs> you, you Steiner link that on the Twitter. just yells everything, yells everything, and I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you two have a long comment. So um, <laughs> I'm wondering if like Macho Man. Imagine his, like, poor wife is just trying to have a conversation. Elizabeth's like, what? And uh, I just want to know what you want for breakfast. And he's just going all over the place, whispering his order, yelling, we have eggs! And then going back down again. It's just a nightmare. Elizabeth, like, God bless her, so- God bless her dead soul and all. But, like, um, like she was, like, by in contrast to Macho Man, the most uncharismatic woman mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like... Like she was easy on the eyes and sort of it was sweet when she was with the Macho Man and everything, but she was just terrible, terrible performer. And that in contrast to Macho Man doing stuff like that, that around the house must have been a nightmare for both of them. Just balancing cream on his head. Off balance, on balance. Yeah, she's, I'm trying to cook with that, love. <laughs> Give it <laughs> Love the idea of Miss Elizabeth calling him love. Love, come here. Love. So that's one of my favourite Matcha Man promos, and it's probably, yeah, it's a good it's a good start, let's just say that. It's a good it start. is a good start, and it's always nice having Mean Gene present at promos. I think he adds, like, a lot of great promos had Mean Gene there, and it's no coincidence because he just, he... Uh, just says the right thing or just injects the right question or statement that just keeps the wrestler going do you know mm-hmm. what i mean and if they're a talented if they're talented at promos like they're okay. so i said if he's a talented i didn't, didn't know what word i was going to go for promoist <laughs> <laughs> but um if like if they're talented at promos they're going to um just immediately respond to what gene says and it just works gene yep. was so fucking good as well yeah and he had the hardest job dealing with all those coked up addicts Oh god, yeah, but he made but he made the right choice, I think, staying out of the ring and doing that, becoming in a hall of like bona fide legend in wrestling without barely taking a bump is is the way to go, kids. Complete. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> so, what are you going for number four? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna start strong, Max. Um, I feel like this is um, this is this is one that you demanded I put into my list, and I would have yeah. done anyway. Um, I I feel like it's kind of forgotten. Is that fair to say? It is definitely. People never bring it up anymore. It's um, it's Shawn Michaels in 2005 in his build-up to his SummerSlam match against Hulk Hogan. It's in... Um, is it in Toronto or is it actually in... I think in, it's Montreal. Um, yeah. Is it Montreal? So it's in Montreal. It is Montreal. Of course it is because of his opening line. Uh, it's in Montreal. Obviously, we know how Canada feel about Bret Hart with the screw job and everything. This was Shawn Michaels' brief 2005 heel turn against Hulk Hogan in Montreal. And I call it Who's Your Daddy Montreal. And it's in our top five intro. And by the way, this is a 12-minute promo, which is just the greatest heel work for it's amazing. Full 12 minutes. So I had to cut it down. So I've taken the best bit of the start and then the bit that gets the real nuclear heat. So uh, here we go. Wicked. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Well, 
since all of you have been so respectful to me, I would like to return in kind. It's a masterclass. It's incredible. Just that crowd, man. He had them in the palm of his hand. Oh god! It was yeah. incredible. And play like, and did you hear when he said about if Bret Hart walked down this aisle? Like the fans know. Do you know what I mean? They sort of know the rhythm, so they're like, "Oh, he's saying that because he's going to show up." That's about to yeah. happen. Bret's about. So when he says it, when Bret Hart walked down this aisle, like the crowd start cheering. They're cheering what he's saying, even though he's saying bad stuff. So they're like, surely Bret's going to come down. Then the music hits, and yet yeah, all, all just the biggest troll in the world. It's incredible. Shawn Michaels is, and this is 2005. Shawn Michaels, by the way, this is pre-broken. Uh, sorry, post-broken back. Shawn Michaels, back. You know, sort of Christian, been this sort of lovable face ever since he'd come back and then he just did this one month it was not even that maybe like two or three weeks as a solid heel and the fact that it was in montreal when he did that was just perfect it mm. was and it proved that he still had it. he still had that asshole Shawn michaels that the 90s Shawn michaels that we all love so dearly is still in and i believe it's still in him today <laughs> like if he wanted it's to pull it out it's never gonna no happen. Could, the fact that he could just pull that out after all those years is incredible. Yeah, because from the start of his music hitting until the very end when like H- Hogan comes out, the boos just do not stop. They are no. just on him constantly. And and the thing is, like doing that. Luckily, they had Hogan to bring the crowd back up. But think about it: Montreal, WE have not seen Bret Hart for eight years at this point, and then it it just made sense with that promo for him to come out, and then. 
way to kill a crowd, like, after that. If they didn't have Hogan to come out and bring him back up, you know, that's such a ballsy thing to do. Hogan didn't... Hogan wasn't there that week, mate. Wasn't he? I thought he came no. out and... No, he trolled it with Hogan's music as well. Ah, that's He played I'm Hogan's saying. music and no one came out. And then he made the, the, very, the very real point of, like... Hogan wouldn't work Montreal. <laughs> he wouldn't just he wouldn't just do like, do a random roar on Montreal. He'll be at SummerSlam and nothing else. Do you know what I mean? Well, and I don't know what picked he... up that show then. We must have just died on its ass after that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they, they, it was literally the opening of that roar. I think it was just like you know the roar entrance music starts and then Lillian Garcia is just like, ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels, and everyone's like. Oh. <laughs> It's so good. And then the the thing that obviously the audio doesn't convey well is when Brett's music hits, Sean does the best acting he's ever done in his life. Yes. We know Sean's an overseller. We're all very aware of that fact. But his facial expressions of just pure concern makes it so much more believable as well that, like, Brett's going to come out. It's just beautiful. I love that promo. So if you can watch the whole 12 minutes that's on YouTube or WE Network, whatever, it's so good. Agreed. And it led up to um, the Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, obviously, which is kind of an infamous match because of how much Shawn Michaels oversells yes. in that match. And unhappy about the... Well, this is the rumour, isn't it? And judging by his actions, I'm going to say it's true of uh, Hogan going over him. Yeah, he wasn't happy about. And... Um, and I understand that, but I have an argue- every wrestling fan I ever meet, I have this argument with because I'm definitely in the minority about this. Everyone, and I love you know how much I love Shawn Michaels, um, but everyone lords Shawn Michaels for how he acted in that match. You know, oh, he made Hulk Hogan look stupid and all this stuff, and I completely disagree with that. Yeah, I think very unprofessional. It, it not only was unprofessional, but it showed Shawn Michaels' insecurity. Mm. The fact the fact that he felt the need to do that against Hulk Hogan as far as I'm concerned, just cements Hulk Hogan's legendary status. Hogan can do no wrong in your eyes. Well, he can do, he can do wrong things. He can, say, he can say things about people with darker skin than us, and that gets him in a bit of trouble, and I don't condone that. But, uh, but this is Hulk Hogan. This is like the character and the wrestler in the ring that Shawn Michaels is doing this to. And the fact that Shawn was so sort of insecure... And, Hulk, and all Hulk Hogan had to do was the same shit he's done for 30 years and the crowd was so fucking into it anyway. They were on Hogan's side throughout that whole match. It sort of proves Hogan's point. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, I hate Hulk Hogan, as you're all aware. So uh, I agree with you. And I do think it was like unprofessional and not necessary the way he oversold, especially what was it, the, the leg drop and the triple somersault he did? Yeah, he um, so at one point he gets knocked over the top rope, he lands on the floor and then feels the need to do a front flip before he fully lands. And then at the final the final big boot before the leg drop. So um, Hulk Hogan big boots him, Sean sort of flat back bumps as he should off the big boot. Then he gets up, basically does a pirouette and then flat back bumps again <laughs> before Hulk Hogan hits the leg drop. Um, it is very funny and it's really good to watch, but... I will say that all it did was make Hulk Hogan just prove, you know, what a juggernaut Hulk Hogan is or was then in the business. Yeah. And he's a twat. Moving on. So, <laughs> um, at number three, now, <clears throat> this won't fit into your usual categories of most popular promos, but this is one of mine and Jesse's 
personal favorites that we we quote far too often and if you listen very carefully in the background you'll hear us mavering along to it because we know it that damn well uh, and i thought about editing it down but i thought no the whole thing's gold so it's and it's very short so it's fine it is wrestlemania 19 ah. backstage the rock is being interviewed by jonathan coachman before the rock goes up against stone cold steve austin in their third match and it's absolutely incredible here's the rock explaining why he should beat stone cold steve austin this is beautiful Rock, Rock, how, how excited are you? It's WrestleMania. Over 54,000 people. People. <laughs> the people. The same people who booed The Rock at last year's WrestleMania. The same people who booed The Rock when he sang and gave the concert of a lifetime. The same people who chant sellout to The Rock. Oh, oh, The Rock is a sellout. The Rock has sold out this and every WrestleMania he's ever been in. You see, Coach? You see, Coach? These people hurt me. They hurt the people's champ. So tonight, The Rock could care less about the people. You see, Coach? The Rock is here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to fulfill his destiny, fulfill my destiny. And that's his beat Stone Cold Steve Austin right in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. One, two, three. This is the holy grail, the one thing that The Rock has ever done, the one thing I've never done. It consumes me. It eats me alive. Coach, this night, the biggest night of my life, this is everything to The Rock. Everything. Oh, yeah, for the past two occasions, Stone Cold Steve Austin has beaten The Rock right in the middle of the ring. Right in the middle of that ring. One, two, three, he's beaten The Rock. But if there's one thing that Hollywood has taught me, that's act one and act two, they don't matter. The only thing that matters, everyone remembers act three. The end, the climax, the grand finale. This is the last chapter to the greatest rivalry this industry has ever seen. When Stone Cold Steve Austin goes one-on-one with the jabroni beaten, pie-eaten, not afraid to sweat, not afraid to bleed, gonna beat that bald-headed bastard, guaranteed! And then, Coach, The Rock would have done it all. Finally. Finally. Chills. It's beautiful, isn't it? I got chills as well. There's so many great rock promos, and it was difficult to kind of pick one because the man's a talker. That's what he does. He was the entertainer. Anything The Rock does on the mic was was pure gold, and we could do a whole top five on The Rock's greatest promos, but for some reason, that one just always sticks with me. Hollywood heel rock is just such again underrated. I feel like it's underrated in the legacy of the rock on how he just smashed that. It was brilliant, and especially when he was doing his bit at the end where he gets all fired up and beat that bald-headed bastard, which is a brilliant line. And the crowd just start cheering because it's the rock, and he's energized, and they're like, "Yeah!" And they're like, "Wait, no, boo!" Yeah, and he takes his glasses off on the last minute as well, doesn't he? Like when he says, "Finally, yeah." takes his glasses off finally and you can t- like just that that promo puts across so much because like 
on one hand, it's just, oh yeah, it rocks, but it rocks Stone Cold again, whatever, you know, it, and it's heel rock this time, and he's a Hollywood guy. But the way he sells that promo, it's just like, you can tell it's consuming him mm-hmm. that he hasn't beaten The Rock. And you can also tell that he's not convinced he can do it, he can actually win. Yeah. Like, even though he's saying all that, you can, there's the way he delivers it makes you think The Rock, you know, he's not, he's acting. He's acting like he has been in Hollywood. He's not convinced that he can beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And that opened up, that that made the match even more interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he had to do it. You you were almost like, I need to see this happen. It's to, as he said, it's the last thing, the thing he's never done. It consumes yeah. him. And that was the whole build-up, the whole... Because they do the video promo package and the build-up to this was great because The Rock does a, a concert and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and the promo package is great, but you literally just needed this one promo from The Rock to sell this match. It was incredible. The only thing that would have made this promo better is if... Um is if Mean Gene was in place of Coachman. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think that can be said for, for all of wrestling. And then <laughs> yeah. and then they put on the match, which was Austin's last match, and it, it was the end of that era. That was kind of the final swan song of the Attitude Era, really, Rock and Austin which, ending. Yeah, which no one knew it was Austin's last match at the time, um, except JR, which you can tell. I think I've said on this podcast before, if you watch that match, JR like calls his tits off for this match because mm-hmm. he knows and and King doesn't know and King is trying to throw in sort of Jokes. kingisms yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and JR, and JR just shuts that shit down straight away because he's like nope you know we're gonna call this like it's an epic fucking match it was supposed to close the show did you know that oh really yeah it was supposed to be the headliner of Wrestlemania 19 but after Stone Cold's panic attack and all that stuff um, it was shifted around because they thought there's a risk that Stone Cold might not actually be able to do this match. So if that happens, we'll be ending on um, Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle instead. It was a great mid-match kind of show. And, and you can tell that they were gearing up for it to be a major main event because the way it was done on Raw, Triple H and Booker T was always done beginning or middle of the show and to close out every Raw leading up to Mania was Rock and Austin. Yeah. So absolutely fantastic. And uh, that... I don't think there's... It's going to be very hard-pressed to find someone, again, like The Rock, who can do promos like that. It's just... Well, not... But only, like, there's not many people that can deliver such solid face promos and such solid heel promos. Yeah. Whilst being the same character. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that is the same Rock that we loved through, sort of, the late 90s, early 2000s. It's the same character. It's just... It's literally... He did everyone accused him of selling out and going to Hollywood so he was like yeah fuck it okay so that's my character now I'm the same guy but I have sold out yeah exactly. and it just it just worked perfectly it was like I'll play into what everyone thinks about me which is what wrestling is missing nowadays they don't listen like Roman Reigns you know all the booze that he's got on stuff and what people thought about Roman Reigns as being this over pushed guy and things like that if they'd played into that and he became this, yeah, I am overpushed and I fucking love it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm making all this money. I'm always in the main event. This is awesome. If they'd done that, he could have transitioned into the biggest face in the world right now. Yeah. And, and you and you saw a sliver of that. Uh, do you remember the promo he cut after he beat Undertaker? Um, yes. It was on Raw and it was just chorus of booze and he stood there and he took it and he was like all cocky in his stance. And the booze went on for like a good three, four minutes. They just wouldn't let him talk. 
And then he just goes, this is my yard now, drops the mic, and the booze just rained down. I was like, more of that, please. It was perfect. More yeah, of that. That, was, that was perfect. And, and Roman Reigns played that off. He's a talented fucking dude. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, he played that off amazingly. Like, no one could have handled those moves better. He knew exactly where... You know, obviously, every time he lifted the bike to his mouth, they were going to boo louder because they wanted to drown him out. He knew exactly when to drop that line. Yep. You know, it was just the timing was perfect. Yeah, so good. Runs Num- in the family, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's in the blood. <laughs> number two. Okay, so this is my number two. So, obviously, I fucked up on the quiz, so I've had to skim over a lot that I would put in otherwise. But I feel like, from my own personal wrestling fandom... I would be absolutely remiss if I did not include Dusty Roads and Hard Times. Oh, interesting. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm going to reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues Dusty Rhodes Tour 85 Passion <sighs> A lot of goosebumps tonight Ooh. That's So um, Bernie Sanders was on Joe Rogan's podcast yesterday or the day before right? which is a big deal um, that Bernie Sanders did, you know, a podcast like that. Yeah. And basically, it, it's an hour-long podcast, and Bernie Sanders basically does an hour-long version of that promo. Oh, nice. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, everything everything Bernie Sta- Sanders stands for in American politics is what Dusty Rhodes is talking about in that promo. And, you know, about the working class and things like that. And it's just awesome like it's and i was sort of getting like bernie sanders doesn't obviously deliver it with the gusto <laughs> Dusty Rhodes I wish does. He would. <laughs> yeah me too kind of but um i sort of found myself listening to it and really enjoying it and not that i agree with everything bernie sanders is about but he delivers everything well and he's very passionate and i realized that the reason i was enjoying it so much is because of that promo because it's the same sort of it's the same and en- it's delivered very differently but it's the same energy and the same sort of yeah this is this is what it should be like this is you know this is good 
And Dusty Rose just nailed that, man. That's just an incredible promo. I, I literally, I think I went through a phase a few years ago of like watching that promo on YouTube every night before I went to bed. For a, for a good three months, I would say. Adorable. It's, yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? I'm a cute guy. But, um, it's yeah, it was like my sort of, oh, I'm going to bed now. Oh, I've just got to watch it again before I go to bed. Cause Get it's jazzed just... and hyped up. Like, yeah, fuck the man. Oh, but, but it is but it is jazzed and hyped up and fuck the man and fuck Ric Flair or whatever. But then at the end, the way he he says, my hand is reaching your hand. Yeah. And then he can just... can do this together, yeah. He's, yeah, and he's doing all that. But then he when he finishes the promo, I can't remember the exact sentence he says, but he drops the energy and he's like, this is the end you know it's going to be okay that's that's how i feel at the end of that promo he he just drops his voice and again i can't remember the exact line but but the feeling i got was it's going to be okay that's what i was getting from dusty roads and yeah. it's just lovely yeah it's it's revered in in wrestling as one of the greatest promos you know the gold watch speech is something that just kind of rings true and it was such a perfect promo against rick flair who was the gold watch wearing the limousine riding the the not the working man's man versus dusty who represented the people and it's just that it was just a perfect face heel dynamic between the two and the promo any if you gave that promo to anyone actually like okay rick flair he's this you know big business you know rich guy and you're representing the working class cut a promo so someone would have just come out with a very average promo but dusty delivers such a hard-hitting thing that encompasses everyone that they can relate to it's incredible and the rick flair that like you know if we're doing honorable mentions which i'm sure we will but one of them has to be rick flair's um golden spoon promo yes which is is the antithesis of this promo and i would say is equally as good if i could have a joint too it would be that one as well like it and it's everything dusty Rhodes says in that as a face rick flair says in the golden spoon promo as a heel and they're just watch them side by side and it's just incredible and you can see why Dusty Rhodes was never a great wrestler, in my opinion. I, I've never seen Dusty Rhodes. I've never seen a Dusty Rhodes match that I've been that I've particularly enjoyed, like that I've been really into. Yeah. Um, but um, you can totally get based on that promo and Ric Flair's Golden Spoon promo why that program did so well because there's such an investment there. Yeah, yeah. To this is what we're saying at the start of the show. Talking and promos means so much in wrestling. You can have the hottest, greatest wrestling match in the world, but it's the promos and stuff that everyone remembers from it. It's, yeah. you know, people... Yes, they talk about the match that these two had, but it's the it's the, the gold watch, it's the working-class speech they talk about. It's the hard-time speech that people bring up time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, Rick, and Ric Flair sort of is super gifted it's sort of sort of a bit tragic that we haven't got a rick flair in this list which is why we need to do a part two because yeah. uh, there's so many rick flair stuff that could go into this list because rick flair had that beauty of sort of um being able to deliver these strong promos and then put on an amazing match even though i'm sure i've defended this on the podcast before he does do the same shit every match but it's his timing and how he does it which makes the matches incredible, which is why Ric Flair is the greatest of all time. But as you say, it's not that's not what people remember nowadays. They remember what you were saying on the mic. Yeah, completely. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Now, at number one, I feel like there's really only one way to to end it. It's the the promo which I think is 
synonymous with our generation of wrestling. It, when people look in 20 years, they're going to remember this promo. And it's the CM Punk pipe bomb. Now, obviously, a very long promo again, so I've had to trim it down a little bit. But I've uh, pretty much just taken the the end, which I think is the most important moment that made it a pipe bomb. Because at the start, it's kind of a generic punk talking trash about Cena. But it's at yeah. the end when he really gets fired up, so... I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's imaginary brass rings that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that. They're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me and the fact that day in and day out for almost six years I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even at commentary. Nobody can touch me. And yet, no, how many, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your lovely little collector cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster WrestleMania. I'm not in the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien, I'm not on Jimmy Fallon, but the fact of the matter is I should be, and trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. Hey, let, let me get something straight. Those of you who are cheering me right now, you are just the biggest part of me leaving as anything else. Because you're the ones that are sipping out of those collector cups right now. You're the ones that buy those programs that my face isn't on the cover of. And then at 5 in the morning at the airport, you try to shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and try to sell it on eBay because you're too lazy to go get a real job. I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th. And who knows, maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people, because after I'm gone, you're still gonna pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel's gonna keep turning, and I understand that. But Vince McMahon's gonna make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing nonsensical yes men like John Laurinaitis who's going to tell him everything that he wants to hear and I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead but the fact is it's it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon all right do we do this whole bully camp and then they cut the mic on him. And it's just so good. Such a... What a waste. What a waste. And What a waste. And oh, there's just so much to talk about in this. Uh, <laughs> it's on, but, but, but when I say what a waste, on both sides, right? Yes. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Completely. W, WE should have treated him so much better, completely dropped the ball on this insane talent. What a waste that CM Punk has no interest in wrestling for anyone or doing anything anymore because he could he could enhance 
anyone he chose to wrestle for just incredibly. And himself, you know, it's such a shame that this great, great promo artist, promoist, as we've um, coined today, yep. um, just isn't isn't working in that in that industry anymore yeah it's 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 unbelievable and the thing i like about that is the switch because as i said at the start the start is kind of just a normal promo against cena it's the minute he mentions that the rock is in the main event at wrestlemania and it makes him sick that's Mm. the switch of him just being like and that's when he gets angry yeah (laughs) you just see it in his eyes from that point and what a lot of like fans that may be watching now need to realize is that you didn't mention New Japan Pro Wrestling. You didn't mention Ring of Honor on WETV. That was just not done ever. Like now they mention, oh, he's an IWGP heavyweight champion. He's this, that from other promotions. That was never done. Another thing, you certainly didn't bring into question Vince McMahon's mortality. No. You would never say... Yeah, the mentioning that Vince McMahon might die one day was... A massive. You could hear from the crowd reaction. Like that's just not. That's not something you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. And it was just so. And this was so out of the blue. And when it happened, it it made wrestling. Wrestling almost became mainstream again. And again, to you youngins that are listening and that, like Attitude Era and like Monday Night Wars with NWO and three sixteen T shirts and stuff, like. Wrestling was mainstream. There was a time in the late 90s when wrestling was a massive deal and it was just in pop culture as as much as fucking, I don't know, like um, Miley Cyrus or whatever uh, ever has been. Do you know You're what I mean? I sound so old right now. I know. <laughs> what's, what's like the bigger? <laughs> Billie Eilish or something like that. There you go. It, and... Um, but like it was such a big thing CM Punk with that promo you know he got in GQ magazine off the back of this it it became it very nearly became a massive mainstream thing again mm-hmm. just off of this promo and then they fucked it all up with bad booking but they could have they could have had a true renaissance but if it, it, it was the booking correctly. afterwards cuz uh, yeah. money in the bank 2011 is one of the greatest main events in my opinion like i know you're not a fan of the actual wrestling in the match and stuff and i i do get your point from that but the build up to it what happened in the match vince coming out to maybe do a second screw job punk leaving with the title and as kind of a cynical wrestling fan at that point and you knew punk's contract was ending there was no way he was winning the we title later we found out that he signed it just before the match obviously because it's vince um but he they even tricked the smarky bastards in us that the dirt sheets was like nope CM Punk hasn't signed he's he's actually leaving at midnight tonight and then he won the match and it was like what the fuck and he they goes through the so... crowd he blows the kiss to Vincent McMahon and it's like okay I'm in I'm, I'm, I'm in on this they were so carny about all this do you know the full story about this like so so it happened so even so CM Punk was gone for what two weeks yeah. before he came back which isn't long enough but he was working house shows the whole time in those two weeks and what they said like the re- what we said was um that you know um oh yeah he was so he's been contracted to do um so many live dates before he leaves so even though he's gone he's still doing these live dates and then we were trying to um gain a relationship with glad the um sort of lbgt charity right and um there was one house show where someone shouted something out to CM Punk and CM Punk, just in the heat of the moment, responded back and called him a faggot, the guy in the crowd. 
Right. And that happened. Um, Glad and other LGBT people obviously got um, annoyed by this, as they should. And um, WE's official statement on it was, um, you know, yes, it's bad that CM Punk said that and it's not good, but he is not a contracted superstar. He is an independent agent. Yeah, he's nothing to do with us. And complete, even though he was, you know, he was a contract. It was all a storyline, but they just handed it off uh, as that and got away with it. How did they get away with that? It's ridiculous. And they never, because like, obviously these LGBT charities, like the people that run them are not wrestling fans, I guess. So they don't understand the carnyisms that are going on in this. So they completely got away with it, which is like horrendous it's all, so all that's so do, vince mcmahon isn't it all you have to do is listen to our top five darkest moments in wrestling episode and all your questions are answered for how they get away with shit <laughs> well yes that's true because they should have been shut down so many times oh god yeah i was fact- uh so at work today i was because they like to ask me about wrestling because that's all i'm into apparently and um we got into the subject of owen hart when he when he fell and i told the midget story about when he was going to be attached to his um yeah which is my story i let i clued you in on that exactly brother. And, and i was telling it in kind of like a whimsical way and i was making a joke <laughs> about imagine this midget walking around backstage being like phew what a relief the look of horror on these four <laughs> guys's face that are like what like, yeah, yeah, they they just let the midget go out back. It was fine. And they you just, can't uh, say you can't say midget anymore, mate. It's it's very unlike you to be the one that says something politically incorrect. But um, yeah, midget's swi- a bad word. I'm switching up the dynamic. Okay, cool. No, it's cool. I like this role reverse. But but the look of horror on their face was just unbelievable. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what I'm into. I should stop being into this. It's not. Yeah, good. it does. It is. You do normalize very bizarre things, don't you, as a wrestling yeah. fan? It's not. Although it's not one normal. thing. One thing I've noticed, if you notice this, and talking about promos as well, this is a great time to sort of talk about this. Um, and again, listening to that, so I'm all pepped up listening to the Bernie Sanders, Joe Rogan thing. Um, it Like, American politics is all wrestling promos. Yeah, completely. It's all whoever can it. trash talk the best. Yeah, it is. And English politics to a degree is like that, but American politics is so much more like that. Like, it's so carnival and it's so pageantry and whoever whoever can get those stings in will basically win as opposed to who has who's actually got the best policies do you know what i mean and being a long-term wrestling fan and understanding how promos work and how you know you pop an audience by saying this and you get an audience to boo by saying this if that's all american politics is and being a wrestling fan you just you get it and you're watching and you're going oh i see exactly what he's doing there he's doing what the rock did at mania 19 or whatever you see the politicians go on tour and like um on tour when they when they do that like yeah but they they do you're right they they do go go on tour and then their opening line is always oh it's so great to be here in uh new hampshire it's a Mick Foley cheap pot. Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. It's ridiculous. And I was listening to Louis Theroux being interviewed, and he pointed out something I didn't necessarily know, um, which I get our American listeners will obviously know this, I guess, or not. But in England, um, there's a cap on how much money you can spend on yes. your campaign. Um, in America, there is not. No, it's all fundraising. Which, it, it, yeah, you, you which completely explains the why there's these crazy sort of, you know, carnival stuff that goes on with Donald Trump because he's got the money to fund it, you know, and all this stuff. And you obviously don't get that, you know, you don't get Jeremy Corbyn sort of shooting fireworks out of a fucking gun, you know, as he's going through. Honestly, he can't need to at this point, doesn't he? Well, yeah, <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy, just yeah, the difference. And how, yeah, but promos and politics are one and the same. 
Yep, the Republicans pay the heel, the Democrats pay the face. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, to us, you know, yeah. but other people will view it differently. But it's still just, you know, just the rhythms are getting the pops in the right place. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, back to back to the CM Punk thing. Uh, Sorry, a, yeah. another thing they kind of wanked away. You're right. He was away for two, three weeks maximum. Wanked he away. showed up at a Comic Con uh, just out of the blue. Oh yeah, and that kind of stuff. But that like, was cool. That was cool, and that's what that was a small taste of what they could have had. Imagine yeah. the news because Ring of Honor was actually good and not a bad company like they are now. Imagine yeah, yeah. if CM Punk had walked into Ring of Honor holding the WWE title. That oh man, like that I understand awesome. you don't want to give New Japan. Yeah, done a couple of matches in New Japan, and I get you don't want to give the rub to other organizations, but it's kind of a point of when you're that high above them. Does it matter that you're giving them a bit of press and publicity? Vince no. McMahon and John Cena showed up at an indie show. Do you remember that? No, one, yes, I remember. That was so random. That was weird. And wasn't it, an, in, wasn't it an indie show that John Cena's dad was like involved in organising? Yeah, and that, exactly. that's why it happened. But yeah, but that, was, that was mental. That but, was proper high school gym. John Cena yeah, yeah, and Vince yeah. McMahon showed up. Yeah, imagine being... Yeah, didn't John Cena F you Vince McMahon? Something like that, yeah. It I'm was... pretty sure that happened. Imagine being at a fucking, like, yeah, like, school gym wrestling show. Spend 10 quid to go Vince... for a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince McMahon runs out, and then John Cena comes out and FU's him. That's incredible. <laughs> but, yeah, I love that shit. That's amazing. And wrestling should be like that. You should you should go to any, any fucking show anywhere in the world and literally have no idea what's going to happen. Anyone could turn up. Like, there was a time in British wrestling where it was almost like that. When Dan and stuff would show up with yeah, yeah, yeah. UK title, and, yeah. Yeah, and you were never 100% sure who would be there or not. But that's going away now because WWE are monopolising just like they did in the 80s. But it's, it's it's just incredible. I love it. And, yeah, if they'd done that with CM Punk off the back of this promo, uh, no one would have... They, they wouldn't have been given the rub to New Japan or Ring of Honor. No one would have gone oh, CM Punk was on New Japan, let's check out what New Japan is. They would have just heard that CM Punk was on it and gone, fucking hell, that's awesome, and the forums would have gone bad, and then when CM Punk came back to WWE, more people would have watched that, right? Yeah, they, the, the thing I think they kind of didn't realise is that people were following Punk. It was like a cult at this point of them following him. So if he went to New Japan, they would have followed him, and if he went back to WWE, they would have just followed their eyes right back again. Yeah, and exactly. It, it wasn't... New Japan wasn't as accessible as it is now. You had to have the proper Japanese site. It was a nightmare to navigate. Ring of Honor, you don't get that in this country. So th- there was literally no threat to doing it and just biding your time and doing all of this because the mainstream press they would have got from it as well. That would have got picked up without a doubt. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you could explain that in layman's terms that would have got people interested. It was it was already hitting the mainstream press. Just him dropping that pipe bomb, you know, weeks before he left was... Um... They they were on the right track, but um, based on you us talking about it, do you think I was thinking about this the other day? Do you think um, Dean Ambrose leaving WWE and becoming John Moxley and going to New Japan and AEW, um, but New Japan in particular, I'm talking about? Do you think um, WWE fans who liked Dean Ambrose who had never previously watched New Japan have tuned into New Japan because John Moxley is there? No. Neither do I. And the reason I say that is because I think a lot of John Moxley's audience, he was very much the casual fans wrestler. He w- he could get a pop out of that audience. He was somewhat different, a bit zany, and he did all like the comedy stuff with the kids. And you listen to the pops he used to get in WWE, it was very much like the typical women, children, that kind of yeah. 
era of wrestling. So I think the only people that have followed him over, uh, myself included, are the the kind of smarky cunts. Yeah, you watch New Japan anyway. Like yeah. New Japan haven't gained viewership by having John Moxley, have they? No, I've reactivated my New Japan subscription since uh, since this, and I've bought every AEW show. But that I haven't been buying AEW shows just for John Moxley. No, and yeah, same. And I would have, yeah, I would have been watching the G One. I would have watched these AEW shows, whether Moxley was on them or not. And that's no disrespect to Moxley at all, but it's, but that's my point. You know that that's what WWE have always been scared of, that letting their big stars go and they'll go to these other companies and you know. But it doesn't work like that. The companies have their fans. Yeah, yeah. It's so great watching Moxley at the moment. It just. His complete shift in attitude and just how he wrestles, it's so entertaining. He doesn't do any kind of kooky, cookie-cutter matches. Like, you watch Moxley in WWE, it's like every match is the same. Like, yeah. it's the same match over and over again. And then I start to think, oh, maybe maybe I was wrong to put my, my money on this guy because he just does the same matches. And it's like, ever since he left, it's like, no, he was just produced to do the stuff that he was told to do. And seeing him in the G1 and seeing him at AEW and stuff, shit I've never seen him do before. Every match I've seen has been different. Yeah, he's in, he's incredible. I I there was a period where I I was never, I didn't follow independent wrestling when Moxley was Moxley no. pre he was in WWE. I wasn't a big so I, CZW guy. No, exactly. So I only ever knew Dean Ambrose, and I was never the biggest Dean Ambrose fan. And he's completely proved me wrong. I will, I reassess wrestlers now because it's like just because then. I'm not enjoying them in WWE. It doesn't mean they're not a good wrestler. It just means that um, they're, they're not, they haven't got the freedom to be the wrestler they want to be. And mm. Moxley has shown me that, yeah, you can, like, I love him now. And he's completely proven me wrong. I genuinely, if you'd asked me if I liked Dean Ambrose, I would have said no. But mm. I love John Moxley. Yeah. And it's interesting seeing the shift with, like, the NXT because we're getting the independent guys that we know are good and talented on the independents coming to WWE, and they're, they're still rocking it on NXT TV because they've got a little bit more free reign. But ever since, like, Alistair Black and Ricochet have come up to the main roster, like, I stopped watching WWE probably about a month after, uh, like, Ricochet and Alistair Black was put to the main roster. And yeah. they were still doing all that kind of stuff, but, again, it was cookie-cutter... You know, do the kick, do the the double knees, and all of this kind of stuff, and it's just like that's not what they do. No, that's yeah, they do so much more. And speaking, one last point on Moxley, I never thought one of the best matches I'd seen at G One was him versus Tai Chi. Like I didn't, that's a I didn't match watch I didn't that expect. one. Is it a good one? I enjoyed the hell out of it, mainly because oh, I enjoyed cool. I'll seeing check that out. Tai Chi getting the shit kicked out of him. You hate Tai Chi so much, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much you hate him. And then. Uh, him versus Ishii. Good God, that was a great match. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's my G1 highlight, that match. Yeah, absolutely incredible. So uh, it, it's very exciting to, to kind of see where wrestling is going. And uh, I sent you a link earlier, which we didn't get to talk about because we were too focused on Steiner. Um, but Billy Corgan, whatever his name is, is getting a NWA TV show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's He's interesting. Bringing that back. It's like, Imagine 10 years ago saying, yeah, the Smashing Pumpkins are going to revive the NWA onto TV. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? It was brilliant. So, you know, sometimes like weird things in your life, like things that you like that aren't wrestling, suddenly wrestling sort of combines with it. So I had it earlier today. I sent it to you. Like my football team, West Bromwich Albion, signed a player called Charlie Austin. And his sur- so his surname's Austin. And they announced it, like put it all out on social media at bang on 316 
which is brilliant. Yeah. Like, and that's like, so everyone's been going mad about that, which is great. And it's this <laughs> weird thing because I've never associated my football team with wrestling. And um, the same thing happened with um, Smashing Pumpkins um, being involved with wrestling. Yeah. It's just, it's just so strange. It's, like, it's a band I love and I've never ever sort of thought about them as being wrestling. And that was it. And I was listening to Six Music at work and Billy Corgan was a guest and they were trying to talk about the new Smashing Pumpkins record and all he wanted to do was talk about wrestling. He just <laughs> wanted to talk like, now, yeah. yeah, it was like a half hour interview and they were trying to talk about new single and stuff like that and he was like, oh no, I want to talk about, you know, um, the NWA. It's like, what, the band? No, no, no. They're the, <laughs> the, the promotion. Uh, yeah, and, and that's all he wanted to talk about and I was just sitting at work listening to this thinking, this is really bizarre. Like, yeah, it's just it's really the, the yeah, thing that makes great. me laugh about the, the whole NWA thing, because a week ago, uh, Nick Aldis announced that he was like, I'm not signing with AEW, I don't want to do a full-time contract there. And everyone's like, you're fucking mad. You had a great match at uh, All In with um, Cody. Cody. And everyone's like, why is he not signing with AEW? And then a week later, they announced this. And then everyone's like, oh, I see, they're going to build a company. Yep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's um, Aldis seems to be a very old-school dude as well with yes. like... Um, NWA so I, re- I like that I respect that yeah it's, it's uh, cool and he's married to Mickey James who has been one of my cr- like long term crushes throughout most of my life exactly so uh, it's it's very interesting time at the moment it's it's very cool to see all these promotions like popping up getting TV uh, like NW- NWA hasn't got a full time TV deal at the moment but they're filming some stuff so hopefully it gets picked up because um, I remember uh, he did something with AMC. They were going to do a wrestling reality show, right. and they filmed a bunch of episodes to to get released. And then AMC turned around and went, "Actually, we don't want reality shows on our thing. We just want they do a comic book reality show, and that's all they wanted." So it just got put on the shelf. No one saw the light of day of it. So he hasn't had the best of luck because he also invested in TNA, and no, and no one saw the light of day of it. I, Jesse, it's late. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> resting for too long that might be the greatest sentence I've ever heard you say <laughs> I've had a few doozies but um, <laughs> but he invested in TNA as well and that backfired so I'm hoping he doesn't have a bad streak I hope this is kind of his his baby that he can nurture yes definitely I hope so I hope it goes well you can tell we're wrapping up the podcast because Jesse's rolling a cigarette right now <laughs> can you hear that you can tell it's filtering bad. your mouth where you're like oh yeah it's not as bad as you've laid off the vaping lately on the on the podcast, but I could always hear that crackle <laughs> when I was talking. I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's getting juiced. Uh, so those are uh, we went on a. Sorry, everyone. We've... Yeah, we went on a, that. That had nothing to do with promos, but at all. We're, but we we're very a... pa- we're very passionate about the biz. Exactly, and. Uh... I like that we started off the two as kind of like jokey and then we got very serious from like three to one. We did, didn't we? We got really intense, like <laughs> sort of talking about how like, but honestly, those promos of like, you know, I get sort of borderline teary listening oh, yeah. to some of them. Oh, yeah. Well, one promo, um, which we might mention another one that always gets me teary is quite recently at um, the... AEW show with Cody and Dusty when Cody's like, oh, man. I don't need a partner. I need a brother. I like, need a brother. I was hungover when I watched it. And I get quite emotional when I'm hungover. Like, we watched it together. And both it was the you morning and were, after Slam Dunk. Yeah, do you remember? We were a bit choked up. We were properly choked up. And and then I watched the show again with Bobby when uh, when I got home, and we were both choked up again. Second time for me. First time for her. Yeah. 
completely like you know it was it was that was drama man that was acting that was drama it was perfectly delivered and it got the emotion out of the crowd you know people watching at home like us but exactly what they wanted through them in that promo it's amazing it It was great so uh we are going to revisit this uh down the line because there's promos are such a massive part of wrestling and we focused on a lot on wrestling matches characters all that kind of stuff so we can get a fair few episodes out of this we can do funny we can do international there's a lot of promos that I want to kind of cover. Um, Rick Flair, I feel bad that we didn't cover any Ric Flair promos. Well, when I was doing um, my research into promos, there was a whole article on top 10 Ric Flair promos, which shows right. you how many he's done that are that yeah, good. Yeah. So, uh, I know you've been holding off on Ric Flair shows because you you think he's going to die. <laughs> you want to you wanna I'm wait. cashing in on that one. <laughs> you want to wait for when he dies before we do a show. But we should definitely, you know, you could do top five Ric Flair matches, top five Ric Flair promos, Rose. top five Ric Flair benders. <laughs> like, you, could just, you could do loads of them. So, like, we Ric should Flair definitely DUIs. do it. Ric Flair DUIs. Ric Flair DUIs, yeah. Ric Flair, uh, like, brain surgeries. There's, so we'll definitely... Um, Items we'll definitely his elbow do... dropped, yeah. I... So... <laughs> Does. Anytime he goes into hospital, I'm like, Jesse, this is the one. This, this is, is the one. Yeah. Start prepping your Rick shit. <laughs> We're recording tonight. It's happening. Top five Ric Flair hip hop songs. That'd be a good one. <laughs> so many. So many. Oh, that is, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be a day. Let's just say that. So, um, thank you so much for listening and putting up with our mini tangents in between. It's, uh, it's been a while since we've done a tangent show where we go all over the place. I like it. I like it too. But, uh, oh, one thing before we go, one thing I have to mention, course. um, talking to Chris earlier, um, you know, I was talking about Kurt Angle the other week. Mm. Um, again, lazy listeners. This was like three shows ago. Um, um, I was talking about Kurt Angle and I said that he's got a neck like a froobe and arms like um, super noodles. Cheese um, strings, didn't you? Cheese strings, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was something you could buy at a corner shop. And um, Chris pointed out that what I basically described was Forky from Toy Story 4. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Kurt Angle, basically, if it wasn't a fork and it was a spoon instead, if he had a rounded end of his head, that character is Kurt Angle. <laughs> Trash? Yeah, <laughs> completely. <laughs> he was so excited. Like, he was almost like he was missing his phone he was so excited to just type it in and show me a picture of that character. <laughs> what a note to end the podcast on. <laughs> Kurt Angle is forky. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Jesse, if they want to follow, enjoy the conversation, whatever they want to do, check out old episodes because that seems to be the norm. Where can they go? They can always just go to good old faithful gotto5.com or follow us on Twitter, and all the links are there anyway. So uh, check us out. Hope you enjoyed. Subscribed if you do. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another episode. Thank you for joining us. Promo your co workers and family members. It's a lot of fun, and we'll see you all in a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs>